Hey, coaches, players, and parents, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my show today, but I wanted to let you know about the video course I have available to purchase on CoachTube. This course titled Plan, Prepare, and Execute Your Skill Development Program is nine videos with nearly 60 minutes of content. It also includes a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and a PDF version of my notes used to teach this course. You get all this content for $12.95. That's right, $12.95. Plus, as a bonus for purchasing this course and downloading my book, The Skill Development Playbook, you also get access to my free five-day course with over three hours of video content that complements my book. Go to CoachTube.com and type my name, TJ Jones, in the search box, and my course will come up. So you get my plan, prepare, and execute your skill development course, which includes my notes I use to teach the course, a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and access to my free five-day course with over three hours of content that complements my book. So go to CoachTube today and get better. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Uh, we got another interview for you today. We got a coach that's on here that's going to drop some knowledge for everybody that's listening. And I'm actually excited about this. We have actually been keeping up with each other through social media for quite some time. And this is our actually our very first time really being able to talk and discuss some skill, de- skill development. So today's guest is Gerald Seaman. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, before we get into this thing, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you? Um, tell them a little bit about your your basketball coaching journey. Okay. Um, well, originally uh, from Tallahassee, Florida, uh, attended Florida State University High School, a private high school that was that was located on Florida State University's campus. Uh, pretty much went there from fourth grade all the way to twelfth grade. Uh, no, I played high school ball there, um, was 3A state play the year, uh, was run up to Mr. Basketball behind Vince Carter coming out of our, our last year in high school. Um, after that, uh, attended Coppin State College, um, small black college in the MEAC Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. I uh, was there from 95 to 99. I was actually on the team that went to the tournament in 97. We made uh, we won our first round game against the University of South Carolina State. Lost to Texas in the second round. Uh, after that, pretty much played a little bit of semi-pro ball down in uh, Florida and in the Charlotte area and even the Baltimore, Maryland area as well. Uh, and now currently I'm living out here in Denver, Colorado. Um, been doing skill development training probably now for a good, one say maybe six to eight years now. Uh, been pretty much has been working with a lot of high school, middle school, um, college kids, and I also do player development for a club program out here called Beast Denver that's um, mostly work with girls. And pretty much that's you know, pretty much what I've been doing. That's you know, that's what I do. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, again, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Get a chance to really talk to you about some about some skill development. So we're gonna jump right on in. Uh, first question I'd like to ask everybody is, what is your definition of skill development, and what does it mm -hmm. mean for the game of basketball? Wow, um, I think my definition of skill development is basically I'm really big on the fundamentals of the game: footwork, balance. Um, shooting, ball handling, passing. Uh, I really try to base a lot of my skill development on those things right there, really, you know, and what it means to the game. I think if we don't have, I think skill development, skill is very important to the game. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, athleticism, nothing, but if you don't have that skill, the game gets a little bit, you know, it might be easy at first, but I think as you get older, the game gets a little bit more harder to develop. And I just think it's really key that, you know, just having that skill for the game, is, you know, it allows you to get that much better on the court. Yeah, I know that uh, I'm, I'm taking a guess at this because, you know, again, you know, uh -huh. everybody that's listening, you know, this is our first time really having a conversation, but I think it's safe to say that you're a big Michael Jordan fan, right? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> if anybody follows uh, Coach on on Instagram, you would know that that he'll post some different things with with MJ. And I was looking at something today. We we're talking to, since you, since you mentioned that athletic piece, how he has such great footwork, and he yes. you know so fundamentally sound, but he uses his athletic ability in addition to those fundamentals. And I think a lot of players sometimes has that thing flip-flop. They want to try to use their athletic ability yep. and not use the skills that they have. But MJ was one that would use those those fundamentals. He, I, I saw you post a clip, or no, you didn't post, but you liked a clip of him doing that half spin. And then he turned back yes. around and shot the fadeaway. But he got so much separation off of that, yep. it, it, was, it was crazy. Um, that is so, so no, go ahead. Oh, that is, I mean, that is so true. I mean, like, like him and probably Kobe Bryant as well, you know, just watching him play, you know, if you ever see his full work and balance, it's pro it was probably one of the best that would have in the game. Yes, yeah. definitely. And I was never a, a real big Kobe fan. Uh -huh. I really, I really took more appreciation for his game after he retired. Um, I don't know why that is, yeah. but it's just, you know, now I can look back and see some of his clips and realize and, you know, and really, really appreciate his, his skill level even, even more. So with you being a skill development coach, um, you work with a lot of different players of all different skill levels. And, and, you know, coaches like us, we see a number of different coaches and they have a lot of different philosophies on how they do and conduct mm -hmm. skill development. So let's let's want you discuss uh, real shortly. Just kind of give us some background on your philosophy when it comes to skill development. What are some things that you feel like are are staples in your in your program? What are some things that you really think that uh, uh okay uh pretty much I'm really like I said um I think a couple of things I'm always really big on with all the players I work with is footwork and balance. Uh, I'm a real big I'm really big into you know having kids focus on learning how to use a jump stop, you know, especially when it's coming to a complete stop off a dribble uh, and having good balance, you know, being athletic, 
you know, what nice solid base, knees bent, hips down. Uh, and even when it comes to shooting off the dribble, um, I'm really big on footwork. So I'm a I'm a real big one a one two step guy into shooting off the off the dribble. So I'm really big in just working with kids on just getting better with that footwork. You know, just like you know, when going to the left, footwork is right left, and going to the right, footwork is left right. So I'm really big on like footwork and just ball and ball handling as well. Just you know, being not so much being fancy with the ball handling, just being strong with it, just being comfortable to the point where you're comfortable being able to handle that ball in any kind of situation and understanding that you know. Um, your feet and hands, they have to work together as well. So serviceable. And, and that's what I yes. try to tell. That's what I tell a lot of players. You know, Kyrie, Steph, those guys, they have a different type of handle. Most players, yeah. especially with the players that we work with, those middle school, junior high players, high school players, they need to be serviceable. Can you get from point A to point B in as minimal – dribbles as possible and the most efficient way possible. Yeah. Um, so w- would you consider yourself, and, and I use two different terms to describe uh, trainers. You have those that I feel like are a little more old school, uh, really a ball and a hoop. And then you have those that are a little more quote unquote innovative. They, they use different types of equipment, different types of things. Um, or are you kind of in the middle? For me, it's where I think when I first got into skill training and everything, I was almost, I was a little bit into the, you know, innovative ways and a lot of cones and stuff. But I think as I got older and learned a little bit more, especially working with um, our club program, just seeing what colleges are looking for, players and everything with our girls, I'm more of a, like, just a ball in the hoop and using myself, you know, as you know, I'm like just like I I give them a lot of defender. Like I'm playing defense on that on that on that player and everything. But I'm more now a ball. Just give me a ball and a hoop, and that's it. You know. So, when you're talking about using the ball and a hoop, and and you're using yourself as a defender, um, uh-huh. how how does that process work? Let's let's try to dive into that a little bit because I, I I think we have. We have a lot of coaches on Twitter that you will hear about this, and they'll talk about uh-huh. how bones over cones, right? Like that's, yes. that's the new term now that you hear. The that's term, the yeah. language, bones over cones. And I think there's a place for cones. I think there's a place yeah. for coaches to put down cones. And it all goes back to what your objective is. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're working with a player, and let's say in a one-on-one training session, when do you decide, okay, I need to play defense versus I need to let them dribble through cones or I need them to get reps or I need them to get on air, whatever term they want to uh-huh. use. When do you decide that you feel like you need to, to jump in and, and play defense? Uh, like, let's, for instance, um, like this morning, I was teaching a kid today who was working on his in and out dribble. So we actually started off just using maybe one or two cones, just having them focus on the footwork with the in and out and just getting the hand move, the hand placement with this in and out. So we just got that a lot today. And then as he got more comfortable with it, with the footwork and the pace of it and everything, then we then I added myself like, okay, we're going to make it more game like now to get used to, okay, now this is what it's going to feel like when that defender's on your hip and you come to that stop into that pull up and they're right there. 
Yeah, I hear a lot on Twitter, man. I'm sure, and you're active on Twitter. I know you probably see this a lot. You know, a coach would post something, um, uh-huh. and then you would hear another coach say, oh, that's not game-like. You know, where are they going to do that? Yeah. And I and I get that. I understand what they're coming, where they're coming from. But there has to be a there. There are going to be times when we have to isolate those skills. So just like exactly. you're, about, you're working on that in and out with that player, um, there you put down those cones as a visual, so they'll see where they need to see. step, where they need to train yep. their feet to go. Once yep. you feel like they got that technique, now you can remove those cones and say, okay. Now I'm going to be here as your defender, make that same yep. movement. But I'm, I'm starting to see that more and more where coaches would just think that everything has to be game-like. Where yeah, and I, and I think a lot of times, like, especially with younger players, like there's nothing wrong with adding cones, like, especially like middle school kids or even elementary school kids. I think at, at that age, they might need cones just to understand, okay, where they need to go and everything. Because at that age, they just don't, they don't have that IQ yet into you know, what the game is really like. I think as we get, like, especially like for older kids, like high school kids, you can probably go, okay, sometimes let's go with some cones, and once they get it, all right, now remove the cones. Like, and also, since every player is different, I think. You know, some yeah. players, they can, you can go right to a game situation because they just have that understanding, and some, yeah. they don't. You might have to literally, all right, you got to have to use some cones just to get them used to it. I had a, I had a pair of siblings I used to work with. Uh, they're now, you know, done playing, playing ball. And, uh-huh. um, it was a brother and sister. So okay. I could show them both the same technique, whether it's footwork, oh. whether it's a dribble move. And the brother would struggle with it for a little bit, and then he would be able to pick it up. The sister would struggle with it for an extended period of time. And what I realized uh-huh. was I asked them one day, I said, hey, if I come to y'all house and knock on the door, if a friend come to your house and knock on the door and say, hey, we're playing basketball down the street, I said, I bet you the brother, I said, you're going to go play. And I said, the sister, I said, you're not going to go play. And they both started laughing. They were like, yeah. They were like, well, what's the, why you asked that? I said, because the brother picks up on movements, basketball movements, yeah. easier because he's playing all the time. So when you, that's, that goes to what you're saying. You have to understand who you're working with. So if I'm working with her in a one-on-one setting, yes, I have to do a lot of isolation-type movements to get her to understand how to move her feet, how our hands and, and feet work together. Whereas with the, with the brother, I can have him go through it maybe two or three times and then say, okay, I'm playing defense. Now let me see it. And he'll be able to replicate that against, against a defender. Um, so that's oh. – that's, that's some good info right there. Uh, so when you're working with with your team, you said you work with mm-hmm. BC Denver. Yes. Um, and and you're working with them. Do you do those players in the individuals setting, it, or is it uh, still like in a team setting? I try. Well, for us, we do mostly. We'll do like team setting stuff. So we'll try to be like. And with, with club ball, it's so difficult. People, like, I think a lot of people think that skill work is a must with club teams, but it, but clubs, it's almost like they have to get practice stuff in. They have to get their sets in and stuff. So what we try to do, once we get all our teams together, we understand, like, what, all right, how we're going to run our offense and everything. And then from there, like, I like, okay, these are skills we need to work on mostly right now for, the, for our players to get them comfortable with these sets. So 
if it's moving out the ball, being like having good forward off the catch, we'll, we'll have them work on stuff like that. Um, and then for my for us, for my teams, we'll always like start off with like some skill work with like maybe some ball handling and footwork at the beginning of a practice just to get their feet and hands warmed up. So we might just focus on like some ball handling and jump stops and pivots for like a good solid 10, 15 minutes just to, to get them, you know, comfortable before practice and everything with handling the ball. And but most of this it's always down around like the offensive concepts of what the team's doing, the skill work. So if it's moving without the ball, um, learning how to attack gaps off the catch, you know, just being ready, you know, being ready to shoot, you know, just a lot of focus on team concepts with the skill work when it comes to that. And it's like, and it's hard. And then sometimes I might, and what I do, it depends for a lot of our players, I might get them in a one-on-one setting. So a lot of, a lot of our players, they'll come to me and, you know, want to get some of that one-on-one training as well. So let's, let's talk about, um, you know, when you're working with, with that team, because uh, I was talking to a coach, uh, interviewing another coach for a different episode, and, and he was talking about the, uh-huh. the, the big debate that I've, I'm starting to see on, on Twitter now is, or, um, or I actually made a post, and I had a couple of coaches chime in. I think you might have might have chimed in on it or liked the post. Uh, but when you're working uh-huh. with the team, do you focus on the skills that the player needs specifically for that team? Or are you working with the player just to continue to add skills to their game? So if you're a uh, wing player and you spot up on the wing and uh-huh. that's your job, you're spotting up, you're shooting threes or you're coming off screens, do you continue to work on that, on those particular skills to fit your system? Or do you say, okay, I know they can shoot, I know they can spot up, I know they can come off screens, but I'm gonna to continue to add skills to their game. Um, so what what are what are your thoughts on on that? I try I try to do both. You know, I try to do both. I, I try to get them, I try to get our players good with the skill that's gonna apply with the team, but I also wanna get them better individually as well. So I try to you know, I I work on doing both with them and also I look at it as like for like for our players. You know, every player is not going to be a D1 player. Some, not, some are going to be D2 and D3s. So we also try to get the players to understand, like, hey, you're probably not going to be the stuff that you're doing now. You're not, going to probably, you're not going to be able to do that on a D1 level. Like, you need to just, like, if you can do this really well, you're, you're going to get looked at by D2 and D3s. Hey, you're probably a D2 or D3 player. Everyone's not a D1 player, which is fine. The main thing is they're going to pick them. Not tell all girls like, hey, the main thing is getting the school to pay for your education when you're gonna replay right. and be happy. <laughs> you know, yeah. so let's try to have let's just try to focus on those skills that wanna get you looked at by these deep by these schools. You know, like we had one girl last year, I think she was focusing on a lot of like trying to do step backs and stuff like that. And we was like, hey, ain't none of these schools looking trying to do step backs. Like focus on right now, be able to catch and shoot, make shots at your side. Like you can do that. You want to get some schools looking at you on the on D two and D three level because they know you can catch and shoot. They're not looking for you to like handle the ball all crazy and do step backs and everything. Just focus on the simple stuff. Um, so let's 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 break this down. So 
when you're when you're working with with your team, BC Denver, or even an individual player that's not part of that that club team. Uh huh. I feel like there are three different seasons of 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 skill development, right? Uh, yes. Of course, we got the off season. Everybody knows during the off season you're really working on your game. Then you have your preseason, and then you have your your in season. So let's talk about in season skill development. You have a player come to you, or if you're working. Um, you know, let's say, I, excuse me, a local high school team or somebody's wanting you to come in and work with them. How do you approach your skill development for, for in-season? For in-season? Yes. Uh, let's say if I have a certain, if I have a player, um, they're in-season. Um, basically, I try, to, I try to reach out to their coaches and find out exactly what they need for that team. You know, if it's a, we just need to focus on just be able to catch and shoot. Uh, being able to handle the ball, not turn the ball over. We'll focus a lot on that, you know, just getting in a lot of catch. Like in season, it might just be, hey, let's just get in a lot of reps every time we get, in, you know, making your shots from, like, where you get most of your shots at in game and just focus on it like that. Okay. So when you get into the, the off season um, and you have a player, let's, let's say you have a player that you've been working with for a little bit, how do you put together, how do you, how do you get that? structure to be able to continue to add to that player's skill set so they can, you know, be ready for the upcoming season? Uh, for that, we'll, uh, we'll try, we'll build on some, we'll build on the strengths. And then we'll also, we'll now ask them like, hey, what are some things you think you need to get better with, you know, for next season? You know, if it's ball handling, maybe working on shooting off the dribble more because they, they know, for instance, I had one kid, they were really good with like just catch and shoot. And I think and as the season got on, more teams started, you know, like running them off the line. And so we were like, hey, well, we need to get you better with, you know, being able to get into your shot off the dribble. So we did a lot of work in the offseason on that just to get him more comfortable shooting off the dribble. Because at first he wasn't he was good with catch and shoot during the season, but if he had to shoot off the dribble, he struggled with it. So uh, it's pretty much, you know, just build on the strings and then find maybe one or two things that they want to get better with for next season. We'll like work on that as well. So everybody that's listening, if you're a parent, a player, or a coach that's listening, he, uh, coach just said something that, that was really important. He said that if he is working with a player, if they're really good at, at catching and shooting, he knows that the opponents are going to try to run him off of that three-point line. So now this player has to be able to attack closeouts. So I'm a big, big believer in skill stacking or adding skills yes. that complement each other. So you will have a player that says, hey, I'm really good, or you will have a coach that may not know any better. But they'll have a player that come to them that's really good at, at spot-up shooting, and then they say, you got to get better off the dribble and then they put the ball in their hand and they have them trying to learn all these dribble moves when that's not necessarily what they need. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's understanding the game and understanding you're a player. So if, you're, if your son or daughter is really good at catching and shooting and they're killing it and everybody in that district, everybody in that conference, everybody in that AAU tournament knows that they can catch and shoot and they're gonna run them off that three-point line, they have to be able to attack that closeout. So that is Close something out. that complements what they're able to do. If that player can attack that closeout with that dribble, one or two dribble pull up, you know, now that player that's closing out, they got to close out a little more under control. 
yeah, they're going to think twice about closing out now. It just opened. It just makes the game a lot easier for that player. Yeah. And so now what you're going is they got the jumper down. They're able to attack off the dribble, the pull-up, the one or two dribble pull-up. Then you can start adding, you know, even some finishes at the rim. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Coach, got a couple more questions for you, and I'm going to let you go here. Um. I'm a big, big believer in relationship. I mm-hmm. think that is huge for, for coaches to establish relationships with players, um, knowing something about them, not just as an athlete or as a basketball player, but just as a human being off the court. Uh, I feel that yes. when you establish a relationship, you build a certain level of trust. And then when you have a certain level of trust, that equals buy-in. With what that of with what you're trying to get that player to do. So let's talk a little bit about some relationships, um, and and what you do or, or or your thoughts on establishing relationships with some of the players that that you work with. I'm I'm really big on it. Um, I think that's one of the for me. I think that's one of my strengths is definitely building relationships with the players that I work with. Uh, I've always been like that. I think. Uh, just growing up, just you know, and with the players I work with now, a lot of them I, I have strong relationships with. Uh, now available to them, you know, about anything. So they text me or call me, you know, they'll they'll text me like I have some players now. They'll text me maybe one school clock in the morning about <laughs> they'll have a question about something and they know what I they'll know I'm up already. So, so I'm real, I'm really big on that. Uh, is where, like, even now, like, I think I've, I still have since they've been in probably eight and they're now in college, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just to have that, you know, to have that bond with players I work with, I think that's a blessing. Um, and it's where, like, even I've, I've had some of the, the kids, the players' parents, like, they even, they even reach out to me. Like, I had a couple of kids that were in college and I had the parents reach out to me, like, you need to text them. Like, they just just struggling right now. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, to have parents like to, you know, to have want me to do that, to keep that relationship with a lot of the players I work with, you know, that's definitely a, you know, a special feeling right there. You know, so I'm really big on that. It's, I think the relationships with players, it allows them to, you know, especially when we're working, it allows them to not worry about making mistakes and understand like, hey, not tell all my kids, like, I don't care if you make mistakes when we work out, you know, you going to, I tell them you're going to make mistakes. That's just part of the game. That's part of life. Like, you just got to just know how to just keep playing through it and, you know, and understand, like, I'm going to always, you know, be, be in your corner no matter what, you know. Well, I know uh, I got a surprise phone call today, this afternoon, right, you know, a couple hours before uh, we jumped on this call from my uh-huh. old college coach. Uh, okay. He was, he was an assistant coach and – we establish a, a really good bond and we don't talk on a consistent basis. But when he called me, he was telling me that he was gonna be in, in you know, I'm in Arkansas, so he's coming here for vacation. And okay. uh, uh, he said, man, we gotta hook up. I said, coach, you know it. I said, so, okay. and just that relationship that we had because, you know, I played in college, I played college ball, you know, it's 20 years ago when, when, when I played for him. And that's yeah. a long time to still be able to have a bond or a relationship. He wrote a letter to me uh, right at the end of my career. 
And, mm -hmm. I, and I still got that letter up today in my office. And so okay. just having that bond, that relationship, and that's, that's the same thing that I try to establish with the players that I work with. I want them, I want our relationship to last past our, our training session or our workout session. So, you know, I want them to invite me to their wedding or send me wedding invitations. Let me know that they had a kid and, you know, just somebody that they can talk to and uh, outside, uh -huh. outside of basketball. Yeah. So uh, last thing here, uh, we're going to take it back to skill development real quick. Um, I think film. Okay. Film is huge, especially when it comes yes, it to is. development. Um, now, I, I don't have access to uh, uh, Synergy as some coaches. Yeah. And so, you know, they're able to have access to Synergy and get all these clips and different things like that. But I do, I do try to use film, even if it's in a training session and getting out my phone and recording them and, and casting uh -huh. them to the TV. Um, how do you use film? Uh, to help your players with their development? Uh, like, uh, sometimes what I do, like, for instance, I might, I might record our players, like, even now, like, let's say we're working on, like, having a good stance and a good balance when they're dribbling. So I'll record them at first, and then I'll, like, show them, like, look, like, this is, like, you know, like, I'll show them, like, uh, do you think you're low enough right here? And then once they see it, I think they understand, okay, now, now you got to get a little bit lower get your base a little bit wider, like think one, because film never lies, you know. Right. That's the one thing. Once you see that film, it never lies. Um, that or and that or I might or I might show a clip of their game or like how they're shooting and then show them like, okay, this is how we need to work on it. Or I might show I might show them a clip of a, a basketball game or a player that that's doing the same thing that we're working on just to get them to have that visual like visualize, okay, this is how it should be done right here. You know. So I'm really big on like just using that to help players, you know, improve the improve their training or improve their skill set. And I try to also I also try to encourage our players, a lot of players now, to watch just watch the game on TV. Oh, you know, man. watch watch you watch YouTube. And like and you like I'm like even now I'm still trying to like you know comprehend the fact that a lot of players today they just don't watch the game on TV, which I don't understand. You know, I don't I'm like, and I'm like, I tell, I tell, I, I tell our players now, like, our girls like, hey, like, how y'all don't watch WB and y'all want to play basketball? Like, y'all should be watching that, like, every day. Like, and I always tell like, if I had YouTube in high school, I would have probably been in trouble with my dad every night. I'd have been up, like, 3 o'clock in the morning watching games. He'd probably, he'd probably been, like, taking my phone from me because yeah. I'd be every day watching YouTube. So, and it's weird because I get a lot, a lot of my girls, they know they like, they know I'm up all night watching YouTube clips and stuff. And I'm like, like, how do y'all play basketball? Y'all don't like, okay. So I'm really big on film and just watch the game. I think that I think that helps, you know, just to get that to get that visualization. Then you can just go out there and apply yourself, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, Coach Man, I appreciate it. Do you have any tips or any advice that you want to give any any coaches or any parents or players that may be listening uh, on uh, today's podcast? Oh wow! Um, I get. I think the main thing is, uh, no matter what, just always give your best to this. Like especially to this game, if you really love it, you know, just give your best every single day. You know, don't worry about making mistakes because you're gonna make mistakes along the way. You know, this game is not perfect for it's not like it's not perfect. You know, it's gonna always have some mistakes in it. 
But I think if you stay stay locked in and stay focused with the game and keep the love for it and just keep working at it, good things will come from it, you know, whether it's on the court or off the court. You know, and I'm a I'm a big I guess I'm a big witness of that. I'm a true example of that. When you just, you know, put all your all into it and, you know, even fight through a lot of mistakes, you know, you can still come out good. So that's the main thing. Just, you know, just love it. You know, this game is a great, it's a great game. You know, it, it'll, it'll do a lot for you. If you put, if you, if you treat it right, it'll treat you good, you know. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and how they can get in contact with you? Okay. Um, social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Daryl Cena, um, J-E-R-E-L-S-E-A-M-O-N. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well at Daryl Cena, uh, J-E-R-E-L-S-E-A-M-O-N. So I'm, I'm I'm pretty much on those two social platforms. They can reach me on there anytime. Always, I'm always available. So. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search skill development playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.